Welcome back, folks. We've got a fresh new episode today for you with uh, Rob Bettis. Rob is a 10-year veteran in the digital media space and has been working specifically on the paid acquisition side of the business uh, for most of his career. So he's been working with brands, um, helping them understand their paid strategy, how they're going to acquire customers, uh, where, what platform should they be spending money on, etc., and then actually executing those campaigns for brands. So he led uh, growth at a couple of different startups. And then decided to strike out on his own a couple of years back as a freelance marketer working in the e-commerce uh, space specifically. So now he's also the host of the Unfederated Podcast, which is a podcast for freelancers or uh, micro uh, companies of any kind, show that I've personally enjoyed and benefited from. You guys should check it out. Uh, I've linked it in the show notes. And on today's show, we talk about the value uh, for businesses in taking a long tail approach to their operations and messaging and what that means specifically in the B2B space. So if you're familiar with... Um, with SEO or paid uh, media and the idea of long-term, uh, long-tail keywords, going very, very uh, specific, getting people's intent to help them nod towards your product as they're searching for a specific product or service. Uh, Rob really takes that concept and applies it to how businesses can form their business and their messaging around that type of niched uh, approach. So really interesting conversation. I know we benefited and have changed a few small tweaks and just how we're talking about Stratfire uh, directly as a result of this conversation. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. All right, without further ado, here's Rob Bettis. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got Rob Bettis joining us. Uh, Rob, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, so happy to be here. Yeah, so we we met a while ago, and um, I know you've got uh, a significant background in the paid space and in, in digital advertising on the whole. Um, maybe give the the listeners a quick snapshot into uh, where you've been and, and what you're doing now. Yeah, so for the last ten years, I've been working primarily in what was once. Uh, Google AdWords, but now it's just called Google Ads. Um, it's really just finding paid placement, uh, mark, uh, advertising placement on the internet. So uh, I've been working uh, over that time in a myriad of industries from professional services to the B2B space and a lot of e-commerce as well. Um, so uh, I always just kind of tell my clients, if you want your you or your products to be found online, uh, I can help. Mm-hmm. And along the way, you start. You worked at a number of startups, but have now uh, kind of gone on, gone out on your own. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I've spent um, about eight years in different agencies um, and working uh, in a, one or two of those agencies, specifically working in, uh, with a lot of startups. And about two years ago, uh, went out on my own and kind of doing it um, uh, indie or freelance or whatever the the, the fun buzzword for it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but been, been flying solo for about two years. Yeah. I love your, uh, Twitter, your Twitter profile calling it an indie digital marketer. Like I feel like that, that makes us sound like musicians or something, which is way cooler than we actually are. So I really appreciate that <laughs> branding. It, as a creative, it's tough because, uh, there's a fine line between I chose to do this and this is my, my end goal 
and like I got laid off at some other agency, and so now I'm just doing this True. and find another job. And and I struggle to convey that without carrying the like negative connotations because I mean, yeah, bad things happen to good people all the time, and there's no shame in that. But sure, uh, I want people to know that that I'm I'm doing it intentionally. Yeah, I remember when I uh, when I first uh, jumped out, people out of kindness and out of concern were like, "I'm so sorry, what happened?" And it was like, "No, no I mean." thank you. But no, this was a choice. Like I'm excited about this, you know, Yeah, uh, so exactly. <laughs> trying to clarify that. Cool. Well, uh, I'm excited to, to dive in. So I know you have some specific thoughts around the long tail, uh, b- b- building a business with uh, a long tail concept in mind. And, um, obviously your perspective coming from the, the paid side of things and, and how uh, helping businesses rank for terms, et cetera, uh, brings a pretty unique perspective. So tell, just give us a little bit of a explanation as to what you mean when you're talking about long tail business. Yeah. Well, I'll tell it with a, an analogy from, from, uh, actually a B2C client that I worked with for a Great. number of years. Um, probably, um, maybe we wrapped up about five years ago or so just to, to give some context on the timeline, but, uh, this particular client sold uh, designer maternity wear, uh, on online, offline. Um, they had, um, several locations, um, in the greater, um, Midwest. And so, uh, we were helping them specifically sell online. And, um, you know, when we first started working with them, this was back with one of my agencies, you know, they were able to bid and be very profitable bidding on terms like designer jeans, uh, mm-hmm. before that, even just jeans, you know, and, and the way the internet worked then the levels of competition, the, the amount of people that had the technical prowess, that was fine. You know, they did good business there and did lots of business there. And as they evolved over the, you know, the handful of years I worked with them, you know, uh, the market changed. And, uh, you know, at first big box retailers got into the designer clothes space and and it kind of pushed my client a little bit. And, and so, you know, where she, she was no longer, Profitable just bidding on jeans. She had to move to, to the to designer jeans and from designer jeans to designer maternity jeans and from designer maternity jeans to, you know, uh, specific styles of designer maternity jeans. And, and the lesson we learned as we kind of watched this migration is that um, the, the terms that were broader, that were, you know, carried a lot more search volume, a lot more heavy, heavily trafficked. Um, began to get um, flooded with competition and uh, the big box retailers had a, an obvious advantage over her. Mm-hmm. Um, and not long into this process, uh, Amazon bought a, a very prominent designer uh, apparel retailer um, and, and kind of melded them into their machine. And so all of a sudden that was a, a huge shift in her marketplace. And, and all the while, you know, she, we kept asking the question, do we want a little bit of a big market or do we want a lot of a smaller market? Mm. And so we continue to kind of take those steps as competition kind of pushed us in that direction. And really what we're seeing and what I'm seeing with a lot of clients in a lot of different industries now is, is a continuation of that trend that, that businesses, you know, average products for average people, at least, you know, online speaking are, are relatively invisible. You know, what, what people want are specific products that meet their specific needs. And so that's forcing a lot of businesses to drift into 
what I'm calling, you know, the long tail. Um, if you're thinking about it like an exponential curve, you know, that, that's curving downward, you know, it gets, starts getting much more narrower, but much more longer. Mm. And, and a lot of businesses are finding success by going out into those, into those niches, into those long tails and setting up camp and owning, you know, a, a larger portion of a smaller space. Yeah. And we're seeing this a lot. Even, uh, you, you mentioned that B2C company. I feel like that's kind of, in some ways, the reason that, you know, um, across consumer goods companies, you're seeing the death of mediocre malls, you're seeing the influx of money being spent on really high end shopping experiences uh, when when they are in retail, because people want to have a really, really uh, specific and really, uh, you know, quality experience when they are going to shop rather than just, to your point, going to an average uh store for an average consumer if they're going to go out of their way to, to make a purchase they want to have that experience but that's also that's also relaying to the digital side of things as well yeah i, I think that's the case and, and as people we experience much of our lives differently and i think as that as that transitions to being a consumer it certainly plays over into that. Um, so, you know, at one point in one point in time, like the, what was it? The 8 PM Thursday night TV slot was the premier slot. And you wanted your show that you had that had the, the broadest appeal to be present there. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how things work anymore. You know, we we're watching the shows we want to watch when we want to watch them on our own time and based on our own, um, uh, interests. And, and so that mass appeal product is just losing its mass appeal. Effectiveness. Yeah. So, so how, how does this relay then to someone who, or maybe we could talk about your business or my business or whatever for, for a case study, but someone who is, um, you know, putting together a business or has, uh, potentially is running a startup now, like how do you apply this concept? Because obviously, um, in, in the case that you gave, they were running ads and so that was their growth mechanism. So obviously it made sense to just go after longer tail keywords, but I think this is larger than that, right? It's, it's, it's a business concept on how you, um, both brand and operate your, your company. So, you know, how did, how did you do this with your company as you were launching out on your own, um, and ensuring that you had a very, very specific, uh, uh, use case and, and target audience? Yeah, I, I think one of the challenges is kind of deciphering where your uniqueness is and, and where it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I kind of have this ongoing joke that for a lot of the clients I've worked with over the years, when you ask them what distinguishes them from their competitors, almost always their their number one answer is our customer service. Mm. Oh, okay, well, that can't be true of all of you, <laughs> you know. Um, and two, I, I think customer service is something that people think of differently now. Um, maybe as a millennial or maybe just as the way that times have changed. Um, oftentimes I don't want customer service. I want things to work so I don't need it, you know, mm-hmm. but if I do need it, I want it to be exceptional. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that will go through and read all the FAQs and stuff before writing in or calling. And so, I, you know, to, to then engage in customer service and it look like a repetition of all the stuff I've already tried or had access to, it just it feels poor. But, right. um, you know, I think as if I was starting a business, if I'm, I'm thinking and, and establishing a new brand, one of the big takeaways of, of this trend is is kind of the shift from product-driven marketing 
to marketing driven products. Hmm. And, and that's kind of a key shift in that um, you're where the rubber hits the road, where your products are interacting with the customers. There's a lot of valuable information there that doesn't always get folded back into a new product development. And, and, you know, I think that's a shame and, and often a missed opportunity because that, the, that inability to uh, complete that loop uh, internally as, as folks are making new products provides a lot of opportunities for startups. And so I see. So are you just um, referring I'll, to like what you're hearing in the space uh, as it surrounds, you know, when you put a, when you put a marketing campaign out there, the feedback that you're getting using that in, in product development, is that kind of what you're describing? Well, and for me or, or from as, as kind of an agency role or, or a consultant role, um, or, or the, the clients I'm working with, uh, in particular, my B2B clients, um, you know, they often are, are building products that they want to build primarily mm-hmm. that they think will fit the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And a lot goes in before that, is, you know, the product in the marketplace meet. And, you know, I think some, some of my clients I see are able to take kind of that, um, frontline data of their salespeople, um, of their, of, you know, their folks that are interacting with the consumers, their retailers and fold that back in to drive creating unique enough products. You know, um, I, I think ultimately that's what it's getting at is having a product that's unique enough to stand out amongst the average products for average companies. Yeah, totally agree with that. I, I just uh, have been reading um, uh, Seth Godin's newest book, This Is Marketing, which I feel like, just as an aside, Seth Godin sometimes get, gets a little bit of a bad rap because people are like, oh, Seth Godin, whatever. Yeah, he's been doing it forever. Yeah, he's been doing it forever because he's the, the goat. Like, so, you know, that's that's why yep. he's been around for so long. But um, uh, yeah, and he was talking about this idea of being market driven versus being marketing driven. And exactly what you were just talking about the fact that um when you when you choose just to you know do x and then brand yourself as a provider of x and you know put all your messaging behind that put all your effort behind that you have no idea whether or not that's actually something that the market wants uh but when you are are willing to take that feedback and and re integrate it into your product development into the services that you offer whatever however that applies uh, all of a sudden you're you know, uh, uh, the type of company that your client can't do without uh, in the B2B world. Um, so totally hear what you're saying and, 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 uh, agree with you entirely. How would you say, you know, stepping back for a second out of the building the business role and maybe for someone who's, um, in a marketing role at a B2B company or tasked with growing a B2B company, how can those folks, who don't necessarily have say in what the product or the service is, but are trying to craft a message around their brand, you know, what can they be doing in order to help massage the brand and, and uh, give it some of this long tail effectiveness uh, like we're talking about? I think it's, uh, it's certainly challenging if they don't have direct, you know, uh, if they don't have any influence over the product. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, I think, when you get to a place where you are kind of selling those commodity products, um, you know, one of the most effective approaches to that that I see with B2B clients is um, they just hire up a big sales team or big sales force and, and their competitive advantage tends to be being in the right place at the right time. Mm. Um, you know, being the person that's, that's hitting the phones or, or um, hitting, the, hitting the sidewalk, you know, uh, knocking on doors and just being someone who's available to, to fill a need 
versus uniquely positioned to fill a specific need. Um, so, you know, I think that's where the, the product driven marketing versus, you know, market driven products fits in for sure. But if you're not in that place, if you're not in a position where, um, you're able to have that influence, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, focusing on the long tail often very tactically includes a lot of content and includes, um, you know, a lot, uh, multiple more pages on your site that are spe- uh, speaking to specific groups of people and specific mm-hmm. needs. Um, it often it excludes a lot of industry jargon. You know, I think that's a trap a lot of, uh, a lot of marketers fall into is, is speaking about products the way they do, uh, you know, at their staff meetings versus the way that their, their customers understand the product. Right. Um, and, you know, as it relates to digital, um, all of those things are, are very helpful, too, when we start talking about, you know, uh, unique content on a website being valuable for SEO or, um, you know, customer uh, profile, you know, landing pages specific to uh, the different buckets of customers, um, providing great landing pages for paid search. Um, you know, you, you want that, uh, as much as you can, that customized experience for the person that's going out and searching for a specific product, finding a page that speaks to that specific need, um, and then allows them to kind of go on down the funnel where they feel like they're getting a, a custom solution. Yeah. And I just want to lean into the, the, you noted on, on creating content, which I feel like, you know, is what everyone is saying about everything when it comes to marketing right now. But uh, specifically for the marketer, the salesperson who who doesn't have that product control, uh, I'll give you an anecdote uh, just that I experienced actually earlier earlier today. So we were at a, uh, a B2B client of ours and uh, sitting with their sales folks working on, on a project together. And one of the sales guys who has zero say on the product or even the, the really the sales process uh, just was typing away furiously on his phone and you know seemed like he was just putting in a lot of effort so i kind of just poked over to see what he was doing and um this is an old trick but you know he was on there dming hundreds of people on instagram through his uh through his personal account who who followed on certain hashtags and like while we were sitting there several different folks responded to him actually interested in in their product they have a pretty in-demand product right now and so um it's a little bit skewed because of that but i just found that very interesting that uh it wasn't necessarily creating content per se but just injecting himself into the very niche long tail conversation that's already happening um even though he doesn't have say in the product even though he doesn't have say in the in the even the brand message per se but just interjecting uh himself into that conversation was paying dividends like right before (laughs) our eyes so just just a fresh example but i thought something that um you know pretty much anybody can do uh, despite where your role is within the organization. Yeah. I I think he's riding a trend that we're certainly seeing in digital marketing and specifically the social media that, um, you know, what once was a one to many platform, you know, I can go post this on Facebook and and speak to, you know, tens of thousands of people or however many uh, followers I have is really shifting dramatically to a one to one many times kind of model yeah. Um, where the direct message, the, the DM is really um, the, the focal point of how people are communicating socially. It's no longer kind of the digital press release that, that a lot of um, businesses treat it as just because most people aren't seeing your post in the algorithm, al- algorithmic feed anyways, yeah. but the ones that are, you know, it's not a custom message. It doesn't have that same 
um, intrigue as someone that's that's speaking directly to you. Right, right. And this is weird because we never really get hacky or tactical like this on the show. But the other one that I think is super relevant to what we're talking about, and uh, even he could use that that sales guy was talking about, is is right now like the search function on LinkedIn is just incredible. I don't know if you spend any time over there at all, but if you employ essentially the exact same strategy, sign up for the free trial of LinkedIn Premier or whatever it's called, uh, and, and just employ the exact same strategy, search your term, uh, your long tail term, and then click on content, the, the content you know filter. Um, you can essentially see anyone in the world on LinkedIn who's talking about that very specific term, whether they've you know, specifically hashtag the conversation or not. Uh, and then if you, if you do sign up for that, you can DM them directly to your, to your point, Rob, about doing the one-to-one conversation. So anyway, just lots of opportunity, uh, both from the forming the business standpoint, all the way down to, if you, if you have to are tasked with growing a, a B2B brand or B2C brand and, uh, and need to, you know, want to interject into the, the long tail conversation. So lots of opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it allows you to be human too. I mean, part of right. this, you know, kind of tactic that you're talking about, we've all been the, the benefactors of, of just kind of spammy people reaching out, uh, you know, it's an obvious copy and paste email or whatever, but what we're talking about here is more of right, a which human is not what I'm, which is what, not what I'm advocating for. Just, just yeah, for clarity. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what you think of in that kind of space. And, and, but yet there's this opportunity to be like, to reach out and, and ask questions or reach out and, and engage in a much more authentic way. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just reach out into someone else's post and say, Oh, I hadn't thought about that before. You know, thanks for sharing and, and, uh, sparking the, the conversation that way. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot to think about, Rob, thank you for coming on the show today. Um, before you go real quick, I know you have a podcast, um, leaning back into where we started with the, uh, the indie marketer. Um, what is that podcast and, and where can people follow along? Yeah. Uh, so the podcast is called unfederated. Uh, I do it with my sister, uh, who's also an independent. She's actually an attorney out in Denver. Um, we've, cool. we've, we've, our whole lives been polar opposites, but have both found, uh, careers working for ourselves. And so, uh, we approach things often very differently, but, but often arrive at the same conclusion. So, it's a really fun show for she and I to do together. Um, the the URL for that is unfederated.studio. Yeah, and for any other marketers listening, um, I've personally benefited from from Rob's show, and he gives a lot of very practical advice uh, on both you know how to grow your business, but even just very tactical things on how to run your business and and you know pay taxes on time and everything. So um, definitely check that out. But I uh, appreciate you coming on the show, Rob, and, and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Rob for joining the show. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation. I appreciate him giving us his time. Thank you for listening to it. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to hit us up with a five-star review. Otherwise, we'll be back later this week with another fresh new episode. And until then, hope you guys have a great week. Just